Thank you, Son of the Living God. Thank you because of bringing us into the fold of it. We are members of the body of Christ. We want to wash before that grace that is bestowed upon us. Lord, we say be exalted in the name of Jesus. Dear Father in heaven, our greatest goal, our greatest outcry, our greatest pursuit is that we will serve you acceptably. And that in our service, we'll be able to bring souls so that we won't leave this world empty-handed. We'll be able to live a life of impact, to live a legacy such that by the time we are gone and we are forgotten, men we have been able to raise by the grace of God will live before you just as Isaac lives before you after Abraham is far gone. In the name of Jesus. Lord, as we go on this discussion, our cry is that you open our eyes to deep matters, to things we need to do, things we need to set our hands upon while we are young, such that we become relevant in your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. We don't want to waste away, and that is why we begin to give our attention to these things. Lord, help us to see your mind for this hour and for life generally. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. I want to bless him for the privilege he has given to us to be able to study before him. And not just to study before him, we really appreciate him because he makes the scriptures to be open to us. He's the inspirer of the scripture. And as we come to it each time, is good enough to make us see what is relevant at the moment. And his name be praised for this. One more time. We want to discuss on a very critical subject. As a matter of fact, I don't know how to go about it. Not because I don't have my outlines or I don't have um, some of the scriptures I believe the Holy Ghost is going to be helping us to consider. But I don't just know how to begin the matter. But if the Lord will help us, as we believe you would. By the end of this charge, we will be able to begin our life from that coven, from that platform, from that arena, from that place, from that space, from that position. We are right away. To where we need to be. 
As a matter of fact, it does not matter where we are starting in life. What matters is where we are going to. Jesus Christ said, let your eyes be seen. We said, if your life, if your eye, he said, if your life, uh, sorry, if your eyes is in good, then your whole body will be full of light. What is that telling us about? That in our journey in life, in our adventure in life, in our pursuit in life, in our goals in life, in our aspirations, in our ambitions, what matters the most is focus. We've got to keep our mind on what is more important in our life. Like Apostle Paul said, he said, I have forgotten the old things, the former things. He said, now I pay my attention. I'm giving a paraphrase of scripture. Permit me, please. I'm quoting Philippians chapter 2 or 3, either of the two chapters. He said, I have focused. My eyes is on the future. It's on the goal. It's on the target the Son of God has placed before me. And that, that should be our attitude in life. And that attitude is very necessary if at all we want to do something substantial, something that we are going to leave behind for people who are going to come after us. John C. Maswell, in one of these books I read, I think compilation, complete course on, on, on leadership or so, complete, complete course one or so, he did a contrast between inheritance, that is what you hand over to your children at your death, and your legacy. What he made us realize is the fact that after a while, inheritance declines and loses value. Even sometimes it can be spent. In fact, it can be sold, it can be crumbled. No, we have people who have built great industries. You know, a story of a man was told who built a very large industry, very large industry. And then one of those who labored in that industry as a casual worker, not even a staff, a casual worker just come there to do some, to labor, then leaves. His son, after about 20 years, God blessed him so well, eventually bought that industry, then crumbled the whole thing. That was what somebody bragged about some 10, 20, 30 years ago. If what you do in time, what you do in life, is focused on the ephemeras, things you can see, things you can touch, things you can eat, things you can wear, your certificate, okay, your career. That's all you build your life around, your home. Those are indispensable things. We need them. We must strike balance in them as we strike balance in our work with God or strike balance in some other important areas of our life. But if our life is just revolving around this circle of the routines of life, such as parenting, education, career, marriage, um, property, then we would have wasted our life at the end of it. On the note, we want to look at what I have titled 
how do men become great? I was just studying. Actually, I prayed. I have asked the Lord to help us to see greatness in His right perspective. You know, if you want to confuse yourself on some subjects sometimes, the best place you can look out for answers is to check up your dictionary. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll be left more confused than you were before you checked it. Especially when it comes to doctrinal issues. Yes, some of those languages will be found in dictionaries. And that's why wise preachers don't actually consult dictionaries when they are looking for meanings. They go check the Greek. Hallelujah. But we thought that God will help us to find out how men become great. You see a lad that was born some 20, 30 years ago. Huh? And suddenly, he became prominent. Suddenly, he has started a company. Suddenly, he has come up with a brand. And people start dropping after him. What is or what are the secrets of such achievement? Why are we inquiring into this matter? We are inquiring to this matter because if you don't know the cause of a thing, you can never control it. Somebody complained to me sometimes ago. He said he's feeling some, some, some out. And that thing used to come certain period of time. And I asked him, what is the cause? He said, doesn't know. I said, go and observe. That was why, that was the more reason Laban was very troubled. When he became so increased, when... Um, Jacob came to walk with him. For years before Jacob came to walk with him, although they, are, they, they were relatives, he knew his per capita income. He knows what comes in from, for him. He knows his profit from his farming business and every other businesses. Yeah. But suddenly this guy called Jacob, the son of his sister, came to walk with him. Although, as a way of paying his dowry to having his daughters for marriage. But he observed that something happened. It started expanding. There was growth and increase. The increment was so substantial that he couldn't fathom it. He had to go and inquire. Then he found out that the secret of his blessings... It's not because he was a great businessman, but because there's somebody working for him. You know, sometimes there are bosses out there whose businesses prospered or are prospering. And it's not prospering because of those bosses, but because somebody that is God's anointed is under them. And just like God will prosper Pharaoh because of Joseph, prosper Laban because of Joseph, they are becoming prosperous. And funny, you see, see these bosses still treat such kind of people who God has used as a check to the expansion of their businesses. And they will never know the graces that guy working under them carries until that guy lives. Most of the time, such people live under annoyance. And when they leave, you see the whole industry went down. We want to find out how men became great. 
Laban became troubled. And by divination, he didn't even know God. Because he told Jacob, he said, he said, I have known by divination that because of you, the Lord blessed me. Hallelujah. So God can bless one because of another. For instance, God appeared to Isaac. We shall see that scripture very soon in Genesis chapter 26. He appeared and he identified himself as the God of his fathers. And he told him he's going to bless him because his fathers, his father Abraham listened to him. And that was how God dealt during the Vedic period. God appeared to Solomon, appeared to subsequent kings, and told them he ought to deal with them, he ought to wipe them away, but for their father. So sometimes greatness can be predicated to the, to the trend or the lineage you came from. For instance, I don't know whether I heard it, I read it myself, or I heard somebody tell me that after a time, the Lord appeared to Keneko Land, and the Lord told him that even if you wanted to fail it, it is too late. And he asked God why. He said, because the mother has stood enough and had spoken so well of Keneko Land to him. In other words, the mother so interceded for him. Holy Spirit, thank you. The Lord brought a picture of an instance and it, it, it went back. I hope it will bring it through. So, Holy Spirit, please help me with that image we are giving us to share in this, in this episode. Huh. Hallelujah. So, God blessed Kenneth Copeland because of the mother's place. Because the mother will intercede, the mother will stand and grab, the mother will be consigned about the son. Hallelujah. I don't know the story I read. I only wish I can recollect. Um, okay, it's it was Lester Sombrola, I guess, if I'm not wrong. Should it be Lester Sombro? Or somebody I read his biography recently. He said that it his mother stood before God. Holy Spirit, please with that person. Can you help me, please? He said the mother stood before God, prayed and fasted, hoping that one day one of the sons will rise up to be a missionary. She was always praying and hoping and trusting the Lord that one of the sons will be a missionary. And one day, Okay, I recollected. I forgot the name of the man. One man in India, one missionary like that. The Lord picked him. It's not less Sombra. The Lord picked him. So we want to look at um, how do men become great? The secrets of starting great things for God, your nation, and building your lasting legacy. Now, why? Have I chosen to do this study? Why is the Lord making us look at this study? Because I, the Lord made me to realize that there are a lot of people out there who are really panting to do something for God. There is a drive on the inside of them. And they have done all they could. In fact, they have responded to all the hunches, to all the impressions, to all the um, directives they, are, they believe they are receiving from the Lord. But it seems to not break through. 
They have turned it. I think in God's leading lady, Papa DJ said an experience about how he preached for 13 solid years and nobody heard him. He had only a few audience. But he was doing it faithfully. How hmm. men became great. As a matter of fact, greatness, greatness does not happen suddenly. It takes a process. I will get there very soon. I will show you the principles of greatness. And it's not just only about you. It's about me too. I have pleaded with the Lord that the Lord by his mercy will show us what it means to be great. But the confusion before us that we would need to try before we go into the matter is to check the meaning of greatness. Because sometimes if you carry a runos mentality or ideology about a concept, that thought can ruin you. And that's why I like philosophy. It will not just dogmatically accept a notion, accept a concept. It will refine it. It will subject it to, to thoughts and principles and even check the etymology and check different submissions over the ages in order to come upon a truth. Although we're not going in a philosophical way, but we trust the Holy Ghost who has been our teacher to help us find the meaning of greatness. Hallelujah. There's a picture the Holy Ghost gave me it has lifted. Okay, let's start reading some scriptures. I have a lot of scriptures to read. I read from Genesis chapter 26. We're going to read verses 12 and 14. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped. In the same year, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Isaac actually did something, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. Check that word. He began. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Prosperity or increase or elevation or success did not just eat him suddenly. Although there will be a breakthrough that one day you just met somebody and somebody links you to a thing that connects to something and as you continue doing that thing, then and then and then and then the increase keep coming until you become great. We are going to get there in a moment. Now, the thought has come again. I was sharing about TDJX for 13 years. Then after a while, I think a woman invited her to attend the Full Goals Full Businessman Fellowship and he went there and he said he was in that congregation when the particular preacher was preaching and he heard the Lord told him to prepare because the next year is going to be his time to preach on that simple bit. He never had the link. He didn't know how that is going to happen. You know, sometimes when the Lord wants to do some things in our life, we won't be able to fathom it. Joseph is going to be a ruler in Egypt. But he never knew how. In fact, he did not have a means to fulfill that purpose. Shechem, or where did they live? Was several miles away from Egypt. Even if you had to save, you would not afford the animal that would convey him through the forest to take him to Egypt, where he's destined for food. And the Lord steered hatred in the heart of 
his brothers who never knew the value of that man. And for free of charge, they took him. Oh, glory to God. How we need to rest in the arm of God sometimes and trust him that everything he had planned for us, he had destined for us, will come to fulfillment in their own time. Romans chapter 8 said, He that does not spare his son, but delivered him for us all. How shall he know with him? How shall he know with him? Give us up this as we stay with him. If God can sacrifice what was most valuable to him, which is Christ, how won't he give you anything that has to be yours? Oh, glory be to God. I don't believe anybody came to this planet of earth by accident, even if the mate that particular night was not intended that to be a baby and you became one. I tell you today, if you have not heard it anywhere before, it was intended. Nobody, God, we allow to find a way here on earth without a plan. But we have more people who are miserable around because they have lost the map. Because they have no affinity with God. Because they have no relationship with God. So back to the story. So a year after, Papa T.D. Jakes was invited and he came there to preach. He said he prepared all his life within that one year. A message he would do in two or three hours. Hard news for hours, if at all. He prepared for a whole year and when he completed that message, the Lord raised him. There are miraculous ways God has lifted people. I can tell you thousands, uh, tens of stories. I read of Lester Sombro, I read of Benny E, I read of Ryan Bonke, I read of um, Holy Spirit or a robot, I read of um, Billy Graham, I read biographies. And I can tell you categorically how the Lord, from what they paint, anyway, I was not there with them. But besides God's factors, what are the human factors? What are the other things that are responsible for our lift on earth? In other words, I've mentioned two factors invariably. The God factor and the human factor. But before we even delve into these factors, we will find out what greatness is. But let's get through with these scriptures. I broke my thoughts. Okay, I was... At the man began to prosper, that is best thing, and continued prospering unto the same until he became prosperous. For he had possessions of logs and possessions of herbs and a great number of servants. So the Philistine envied him. Now the Philistine had stopped up the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they have filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. What was the secret of this man's greatness? Before we come to look at them, from this little verse you read, there are a lot of principles. There are a lot of things that are revealing. Their progress or breakthrough or, 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 or excellence is progressive. You know, people talk about failure as though failure just come to a, just come your way. No. There are minor things you didn't pay attention to. There are things you overlooked that compounded over time that became failure. 
And if you are a success, there are things you started doing that are habits you cultivated. There are, there are, there are success enhancing habits you consciously or unconsciously develop, and over a period of time, success appeared. The fact is that life is governed by principles. And one of the basic principles that govern every other principles, whether the principles of karma or whatever, aerodynamics or whatever principles we've learned in sciences, there is these philosophical principles at the base of them, which are the law of cause and the law of effect. Nothing happens without an impending force behind it. Now, if you read chapter twelve, um, chapter twenty-six, verse twelve to fourteen of the Genesis, a few things are revealed about the secret of the success of this man. We just saw that he had to sow. What made him sow? Johnny, foreign time when people don't want to sow. Hallelujah. And when he saw, we saw that that same year the Lord blessed him. It's not a sowing. He became very prosperous. And he had possessions of flocks and possessions of heirs and great number of servants. Can you see diversities of business? Yes, we know streams of income. Having multiple channels through which you earn money is one of the ways one of the ways you gain financial balance. But you know you can be you can gain financial balance and you become a nuisance. And you still you still you, you still struggle on the inside. You've not actually lay hold on that job. The first step to greatness is to know God. Let me go closer to that before we go too far. That reminds me of the story of a man whose father made him study medicine against his own wish of studying, I think, music. And he went along for seven years to fulfill the father's desire. After seven years, he practiced for some time. He won awards. He became prominent. And a particular day when he was to be honored, his parents were there. He got the award, made some few speeches in tears, submitted the award to the father and expressed his regret. He had actually become great, become very influential, but he never had fulfillment. And that is why the, the, the interpretation, the meaning of the word greatness is very, very, very critical. We have to tread that ground with care. We will come back to the scripture. We want to look at the secret of starting great things. For God, for your nation, for people in your country, for your brethren, and thereby building lasting legacy. And really, I'm really talking in order to challenge us to fulfill that thing that God has called us to do. But let's consider the term greatness itself. The definition of greatness is individual, I believe. Everybody, everybody can come to approach that knowledge of greatness from his own perception. I will explain what I mean by this simple statement later on. Let us consider a shade of meanings of the legs in greatness. Even the dictionary meanings are numerous and variable. But let's take a look at a few meanings the dictionary provides 
in describing greatness. To be great, number one means to be very big, to be to, to, to be very large, to do something in large scale. Number two, to be very good and extraordinary. Number three, it could also suggest to be important. Number four, it could be used to refer to an important leader and its title, like Alexander the Great. Sometimes the word greatness could express superiority, to be superior, to be admirable, to be commanding, to be influential, especially in the area of one's thoughts, actions, and feelings. And lastly, on that note, when we mention the word greatness also, it can as well be used to refer to a person of major significance and accomplishment. Hallelujah. But whatever the description of greatness is to anybody, I want to be great. Meanwhile, my own definition of greatness is not in any way connected to what we've read so far. If I were to define greatness, I would say greatness is legacy. And what is legacy? Legacy is what one passes to another Why he lives. Legacy is having a lasting impact on people, places, or things. It is binding people together for service unto God and generations after him. It is one's influence, one's graces on others. But that is not our focus. We want to find out what it means to be great and how men become great. How do men become great? How does a man suddenly become prominent and relevant? I am not seeking for fame or attention, but I want to fulfill my reason for being and I know you want to fulfill yours too. And this fact gives us the audacity, the legal ground to inquire into this matter. You know, life operates on principles, like I've said earlier. We have got to find out the causes of greatness. No, though we know the effect of wealth, the fame and satisfaction, we know they are the effect of wealth, fame, satisfaction, popularity, power. But what interests us is not the cause and the effect of wealth or greatness. Because there are many people out there who had labored, who have struggled, who have done everything they could to become great, but they have ended in shambles. Their efforts has amounted nothing. So we have got to find out, like we are finding out. Hallelujah. Although it is good to know the fact that whatever we make us great would have been what we have committed ourselves to. And in the previous episode, we took a look at service to explain that. I mentioned that faithfulness in service provides an avenue for greatness. But that, but that one becomes great through service is determined by who is being served. Have you seen people laboring on some difficult jobs before, such as cleaning, digging, and building? 
structures? Do they become great as the contractor who took the contract? I don't think so. Service is very important. If you must become great, really, but we must also consider who is being served. There have been people who have, because of job security, stayed on a job for the major part of their life. They become more broke and sick at retirement. So when we mention service as a path to greatness, we mention service to God. Service along the area of your dreams is <clears throat> along the area of your dream. And this necessarily has nothing to do with church life or duties. It is serving along the areas of your gifts and interests. Now, here before us is a similar but different subject, which we've been considering greatness. It interests me to find out the secret of living a life of influence and authority, yet remaining in the love and the fear of God, because a lot of people in the name that they want to become great have compromised. They have lost the ground. They spoiled the ground. They lost their faith. Like Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 6, that a lot of people, because they want to be great, they want to be financially independent, they want to be influential, they want to be notable, they have off their soul. They have jeopardized their faith. So it interests me to find out the secret to living a life of influence and authority. My focus is to find out what some people did that distinct them, that set them apart, that set them high above every other person in that generation. We want to consider what is the difference between the so-called great and the less. And to avoid confusion, in order to give a clearly cut purpose to this talk, we may need to define greatness as we have done. We have seen the dictionary meaning, but let's, let's try to, to bring the old definition home such, such that we are able to relate to them and draw out the fact. So what does it mean to be great actually? You've seen greatness. What does it mean to be great? And from observation and studies, I observe that humans have seen greatness. Or they tag someone or see someone or recall someone to be great by three things. Number one is the position that person holds. For instance, somebody that is a principal of a school or that is a manager of a bank, even if he's not anywhere, they believe that person to be great. And that's why they like the, the, the mother of the, of the James wanted his children to sit on the right hand of Jesus. We are going to see that scriptures very soon. Number two thing is influence. And that is wealth, power, attention, like Solomon had. Anybody that can exert a command, that has a cashing personality, and has a certain number of followers, is said to be great. Even if you were to be a coward indoors. Someone that has a commanding personality. Number three things. People see greatness in terms of leadership. Like Alexander the Great. Like Cyrus, the great king of the Medes and Persia kingdom. So three things people narrow down to be greatness. Positions, influence, and leadership. And of these three, I subscribe to two. Because there are people who are, who are just constituting leaders. In fact, one of the reasons why the world is not moving too 
too, too, too good or not doing too well. It's because you have people who are position occupants. They occupy position and they are not discharging the duties they should discharge in that position they've occupied. We have seen people have been appointed to leadership positions and they are failure. They are negative influence on the people. But there's only one thing. There is only one thing. That greatness can, also, can, can, can be seen to be, and that is influence. And not just influence, positive influence, lasting influence. I have my own perception about greatness. And I have my approach. Maybe I may need to submit it here. Then we can compare to what you think greatness is. And that was why I said when I started that greatness is individual. Your perception of it matters. I perceive greatness as the ability to influence people such that you bind them together for a common goal or attainment. I see it as the ability to command attention and command a larger share of influence. For instance, our master Christ commanded the attention of multitude. I want to be great. Not just for the fun of it, but I want to be because I have got something for my generation and they want to come and those to come after them. So what gives me satisfaction the most is to impact generations. But my product and service to exact my influence. And if I can do this successfully such that I'm able to duplicate the graces of God that God had impacted into me, even if I don't have a house, although I would. Even if I don't have an automobile, although I would. I'll be fulfilled. Is that your own definition of greatness? But you know, we have not even delved to the matter of this, to, to, to the bottom of this matter. But what I want you to believe first, or I want to impress on you, is the fact that greatness is individualistic. For instance, a salesperson will see greatness as more sales. Just as an accountant may see it as the ability to perform is or a duty such that it commands the attentions of others or such that it has no errors. You know, we can keep mentioning along this line. Now, in this light, we can say, like I said, greatness is influence. So how do men become great? Do they become great through hard work, through position, through gimmicks, through deceit, through a cashy personality, through character, through leadership, through roles, through talent, through curiosity, through determination? How do they become great? How do men climb the ladder of fame and wealth in no time? If Jesus Christ, our Lord, could catch the attention of the world in three and a half years, then we can. And if he did, then we can trust his opinion as, as to what greatness is. We can trust him to give us prescriptions. I rose from a baby child in the manger. To be the savior of the world in three years is challenging. That is influence. He became so great that he became the gist and the talk of everyone. How does one rise? There are a lot of people who have been held down by the conditions they found themselves. You know one of the reasons why we have more of abortion, teenage pregnancies, uh, absconding from home, depression, legalism, cultism, smoking and drug 
is because people are oppressed, they are depressed, they are frustrated, they are not satisfied. All their aspirations and perspirations and struggles seems to be utopia. Then they escape, then they have God. But I want to tell you, I found a way. We can be great. The greatness is in us, and we can find it. So how do I become a force to reckon with in my life? How do I lay a, a good legacy for the children who had not met me? Or for the people around me now? Stephen gave us a, a, a clue. Look at what Stephen said about David. The then king of Israel. That is fun. In Acts chapter 13 verse. 36. He wrote, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Hmm. Look at that reality. There is no truth more contained anywhere than in this scripture. He told us the fact that our life here on earth is a life born thing. That that your body, that beauty does not make it to be serious. Will not be with you forever. David decayed. <laughs> you know, we talk of our great grandfather. You know, I would think of my father and I would think of wonderful moments with him. I would even think of my grandfather because I met him and he would come though I was a little boy then, not too, not too little, about 10, 11 or so, if I'm not mistaken. Now they are all gone. And my grandmother, my paternal grandmother would talk to me about my great-grandfather I never met. They are all gone. Gone forever, we will meet in eternity. Hmm. But whatever they have done remains. You will hear my voice today because one man sat over me. And we always see that I take the things of God serious. That's the legacy. And that's what we are stupid for. Now, when David had saved God's purpose in his own generation, this place tells us how to live. Greatness is locked in serving God's purpose. And that is what service is, like we said in the other previous episode. Service is serving God's purpose before any other thing is saved. Even before you come, you don't come first. The reason why God will appear to Isaac and tell him he's going to bless him was because the father left a legacy. The father had worked with God at a particular time. Okay, it was Genesis chapter 18. The Lord appeared to, uh, to, to Abraham. And God made us to understand that he would tell Abraham what he intends to because he knows that Abraham is a man of influence. He will influence his generation after him, his children after him. So God even does not even reckon with people who are not serious, who want to deal for time. Who only seek him because of what they want to eat and for the food on the table for their own convenience and ease. I know God will not deal with it that way. When David had served God's purpose in his generation, and that even tells us when we die. 
There are some people the devil will cut short their life because they do not have God. But as for those who know God, who have worked with God, the Bible, the Word of God told us that one dies after he has saved the purpose for his generation. And what are you serving? What have you got to offer? You want to be great. You know, remember, especially in this part of the world, um, it's everywhere, but now in the part of the, the world, in, in, in Nigeria, people are now into fraud, especially young guys. Cyber business, or what they call it. They dupe others. Oh, God. Don't you know that the world you are pursuing will no longer be relevant? In that same verse of scripture, we saw a key. David served not men, not his own appetite, not his own lust, not his own, which is not his own desire. David serves God's purpose. So serving God's purpose is one way to the top. But what about election or predestination? There are many people how they will never struggle to be great, but they stumble into greatness. Opportunities had come to some people who had never lobbied for a position or for a leadership role. And then some people on the other end had died struggling for that position and they never got there. Look at our law for instance. Do you want to mention him? See how that man struggled to be the president of Nigeria. He never until he died. Though. And this man we thought with that. Obasanjo became the president gallantly. What are the principles? There's a story behind that of Obasanjo, but I don't I don't like ESAs. What I can actually ascertain. Hmm. The law we help us. So what is responsible? For some people's greatness, that effortlessly they enter greatness. And some people, they have to labor. And despite their labor, they will not still attain it. What is responsible for that? If greatness is luck, let everyone of us sit back and then expect our turn to come. But I also know that greatness is not by diligence sometimes. Because what can be another factor that make one great here may be another factor that make the other person great there. Now look at the scriptures we read in Genesis chapter 26 here. We saw that this man became great. And I told you that verse 12 to, 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 to 16 did not tell us the secret of the greatness of Isaac. Now, if you just read that portion and you start praying, Lord, make me great. Make me, you know, I'm not interested that the Lord will make me great. He has the power. But I want him to show me the way to greatness. But when we go back to verse 1, we find out the secret. The divine factors. Number one is that God told him not to travel out of Gera. Number two, God had had a covenant with his fathers. Number three, his father had passed a legacy. Number four, his father had some business that were working for a while before the Philistines out of envy stopped them. 
So there was a spiritual coverage that makes every effort of this man called Isaac to be fruitful. Another factor was that he was obedient. But let's say something else about David. Let's see Psalm chapter 78. Mm. We've not even started anything, the time is far gone. Psalm 78. We are going to read from verses 70 to 72. I'm reading from the New King James Version. We read, He, talking about God, He chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens and tending the sheep, he brought him to be shepherd of his people Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skill and he led them. That's another fact. In the first scripture, we read that he set God's purpose. And that make him relevant. Here now we read of the fact that God took him. So we can't be so sure that God can take a person from where he is to where he needs to be. No, I have made references to draw your attention to one thing. God's factor ingredients. Promotion comes only from God, says the scripture. But I know men who never acknowledge God, nor his, his ways, growing very successful. David wants us never to be envious of the prosperity of the wicked. That one shows us that the wicked can prosper and be great. But how do they become great? How do they get there? Yeah, we mention four things. First, at a time. Four things, aside the God's factor, four other things that could make one to be great are one, vision, two, determination, three, diligence, and four, dutifulness. Let me tell you the story I heard Les Brown shared about himself. Maybe that will make some sense. Now, Les Brown said his greatest desire was to be a public speaker and a presenter. He has no means, he has no, 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 no resources, no connection to make that vision come. You know, sometimes God will put vision about our soul and it seems as though there is no possible means by which those visions can come through. If only we can trust God, if only we can be diligent, if only we can be dutiful, if only we can maintain the vision and we can be resolute. So he had nobody to connect him. But every now and then, he will go to a radio station. He will stay close to a particular man who used to present. The man will make him an errand boy, send him here and there. But why the man presents on a daily basis, he is always learning and watching him. Then one day his opportunity came. How did it come? The presenter used to go around to check and to learn from in the studio, got drunk that day, and he couldn't present. Les Brown was asked to get somebody to replace the drunk presenter in order not to, in order to make the most of the time. But no one could be gotten. Then he was asked to stand in. Friends, Lex did a great job according to him. That was the sports time. And that reminds me of one of the quotes. I don't know whether it was said by Brown Lincoln or soon. He said, I will prepare, I will wait for my, I will prepare, I will labor, and then I will wait for my time. Something like that. And when my time come, I'm prepared. You know, you don't just... Hmm. Like I heard one of, I listened to one of the messages of Abari. We said that sometimes people are not prepared for what they are looking for. A lot of people want to become great, but they are not prepared for it. 
Now, within the waiting time, like one of my friends thought, at the time of fulfillment, you've got to do something. You've got to be diligent. You've got to labor. You've got to do things for the fun of it. Just do it joyfully. Hmm. That reminds me right away of the story of Oswald J. Smith. How the Lord humbled him. He started from the scratch. He was a pastor of a mega church and God demoted him. He started again all over from bottom and labored from that. You know, before he, before he was humiliated by God, he was only a pastor. But there were other potentials in him that the position they occupied would not let him see. And the Lord lowered him. And when he lowered him, he joined an usher. And as he became an usher, he started writing hymns and started writing songs. At the end of that process, that man became significant. Not just a preacher, he became a missionary. Not just a missionary, he became a revivalist. Not just a revivalist, he became an hymn writer. Also, J. Smith. Go and read the story. So, opportunities can be created. Don't wait for one. If you can serve others and stay close to see what they are doing, you will produce what they are doing. Rightly said in this statement, who you follow determines what follow you. We can add this also. What you do determines whether you will be celebrated or not. You see, beside that, after you have decided what you wanted to do, then the next thing is to get a successful person doing the same thing you want to do and then tie up with them. To that you can create an, op- an, an opportunity. If you want to brigade, to be great, Know what you want and look for a mentor or somebody doing the same thing and serving. That is an express way to greatness. Um, before I tell you the last story, then we'll round off in this episode. Let me quickly mention here, principles of greatness. I said when I started, that everything in time and life answers to principles nothing will happen by accident and nothing happens by coincidence whatever level of influence we intend to command we have got to to be deliberate about it so if at all we want to be great there are things we have to do we've got to know that nobody becomes great except you have a commitment to something. That's the first principle. What are you doing that can make you great? Number two, what is the training you've got? Every great man does not just become great. While others are playing or while of the time they are indoors laboring. I will tell you this last story that we can bring. Hallelujah. One prominent public speaker in Nigeria told of how service brought his errand boy into global attention. How? The young man used to wait on him. Then one day his boss had multiple engagements. He wouldn't like to decline any of the events. All his friends were fixed. As he contemplated the way out, his waiter interrupted. I mean, his errand boy interrupted. Sir, send me. I will do it exactly as you as you, as you do. The boss wondered how. He asked the curious waiter, and the waiter replied, "I have watched you long enough." Then the boss put him to text. Hmm. Friend, the boss was stunned. 
That was how a waiter became a public speaker. That is the law of association. That is the law of greatness at work. Men become great by divine lifting as well as by the law of association. We have been able to mention some few things here. Now, I have mentioned the need for you to, to desire what you want to do, the need for you to associate yourself with the right people, the need for you to be, to be diligent, the need for you to, 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 to have a vision, the need for you to, to be determined. And I say this lastly as we pray. Never forget that what you take out of life, it's not even determined by God, it's determined by you. How far you go is not determined by God, it's determined by you. Psalm 121, I round off on that note. Psalm 121, we are going to read verse 1 and 2. Thank you for this evening, Father. 121. You're going to read from one and two. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from hence comes my head. My head comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will, will keep you will not slumber. Behold, he will keep Israel shall never slumber or sleep. What does that tell us? That God is the determiner of greatness. Let's see Psalm 75 verse 6. Psalm 75 verse 6. 75 verse 6. Hallelujah. 75 verses. For exhortation comes neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts one, he puts down one and exhorts another. Hallelujah. There's nothing to argue about. How do men become great? They become great by the arm of God. They can be diligent. They can be dutiful. They may have visions. They may be zealous. They may have right connection. But if all these are not yoked in God, a man cannot become great. So do you want to become great? You need the hand of God. Like much as I do. We are going to pray that God will open his heavens over us. He will bless us. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2 comes. He says, If we will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord that God, being obedient to do that which I have asked you, you see how we blessed you. Say, Blessed shall you be in all your ways. Lord, we enter into this reality of blessedness. Help us to be diligent. Open our hearts. To be sensitive to certain things we need to do that will make us matter. Help us to be diligent and faithful at those little things we place in our hands. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Ensure you get the second part. God bless you.